Hi, and welcome to episode six of the Inspired Energy podcast with Murray Guest. This week, I'm catching up with Matt Cowdroy. He's the owner of Think Productive Australia and a dedicated and passionate productivity ninja. Matt's been a friend of mine for many years, and I'm so inspired by the work he does in helping people get more work done in a less stressful way. He and I caught up and it was just so great to chat about uh, his passion for Productivity Ninja and all of the great work that Think Productive Australia does and helping people in businesses all around Australia and New Zealand. In our conversation, Matt shares some of the key insights into the characteristics of being a Productivity Ninja, also some of the real tips and benefits of getting your inbox down Um, and that challenge of those incoming emails, which so many people in business experience. And we also explore some of those daily habits that set you up for success every day. Please share your favorite tip or insight you get from our conversation with Matt Cowdroy. Look forward to hearing from you on Instagram or Twitter, hashtag Inspired Energy. Now it's time for How to Be a Productivity Ninja with Matt Cowdroy. G'day, Matt. How are you? Very well, thanks, Murray. Great chatting to you today. How's your week been? Uh, excellent, as usual. How's that balance going, trying to fit everything in? Well, I can't fit everything in. I guess that's the bottom line. I'm fitting in what I choose to fit in. Well, I'm really excited about catching up with you today. Um, and my intro I just covered about how we've known each other for some time. And I'm really looking forward to just exploring a bit of your journey about being a productivity ninja and impact that's had on your life. And you're straight into it talking about, hey, you know what? We can't fit everything in. <laughs> Terrific. Thanks. It's a, it's a real honor to chat with you. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. So um, I'd actually like to uh, talk a bit about your journey to starting Think Productive Australia and how that came about and what it means to be a productivity ninja, because I know you've got some amazing tips and insights for people. Uh, I've learned so much from you over the years and, and still learning every time we chat. So tell me a bit about how Think Productive Australia started. Yeah, so Think Productive Australia is part of a global business called Think Productive. So before I started Think Productive Australia, Think Productive already existed in, in the UK, Europe and America and Canada. So it originally started in the UK. I was working for a large corporate business and I was under a lot of stress and I was on a business trip and I bought a book called How to Be a Productivity Ninja written by Graham Olcott, who is the founder of Think Productive globally. So I randomly bought the book, didn't know anything about it and I loved it so much that I really got into the practices and found the difference that it was making in my work was so great that I decided to jump on board, contact Graham, see if they wanted to do something in Australia. And as a result of that, launched Think Productive Australia and now New Zealand as well. Due to my passion for for the difference it made for me, I quit my full-time job, um, which is an interesting conversation in itself. (laughs) What's the right timing of doing that? I I quit my full-time job and started the business, and that was about four years now. I actually remember when you bought that book and you're telling me the story at the time. I think you were flying to maybe Malaysia or Singapore, um, one of, yeah, one I think, of those might, I think it was Hong Kong, but yeah, about, yeah okay. they're all about eight-hour flights. Yeah. Yes, and you went, I think, from, tell me if, I, if my memory's right, you saw the book and you went, this looks interesting and read that. 
and you couldn't put it down. You started doing the activities in the book on the plane. And as soon as you landed, you're like, I'm emailing Graham. I want to know what I can do with this. I want to know more. Yeah, I did straight up front. I basically, before I got too caught up in the thought process of could I launch a business, I did just send him an email straight up front, just say, I might have even written the email on the plane and just said, do you want to talk? Is there any possibility of doing something with this in Australia? Um, yeah, and it wasn't until I really practiced everything that I decided to launch the business, but it was good just to get his response that said, sure, let's talk, mm. as opposed to, no, we've already got someone in Australia or something, because then I would have would have put it on, put the idea on ice and found another idea. Yeah, um, I, I think there's something magical, isn't it, if you can pick up a book that has that much impact in your life like that. Um, yeah. And, as, and really was a turning point in your career, as you said, because you were in corporate roles for, what, 20, 25 years? Yep. And then to experience that book and the impact that had on you so quickly, and then you went, oh, I want to do this. I want to teach people what this is all about. Yeah, I think the thing there was it was just so practical and able to put the things into practice straight away. Whereas I'd, I'd obviously, or not obviously, but I'd, I'd read a lot of personal development style books. I'd done a lot of personal development training and that those kind of practices had helped me a lot. Yet they, without a lot of effort, they seem to be lacking this really practical application. Whereas this particular book and the productivity ninja ideas were just so simple to start implementing straight away on the plane. I, I cleared, cleared my inbox, for example. I got the laptop out and started doing the inbox practices on the way to Hong Kong. So, yeah, that's how practical it was. Prior to knowing about the techniques in Productivity Ninja, were you one of those people which has thousands of emails in their inbox? Yeah. What? Yeah. And then about once a year, I'd just move them all to you know, <laughs> 2015, 2016. So I had all these different folders going on in there, which is not a bad idea, actually, just to get start fresh. But um, we've got better ways to do it than just let it build up like that. I know that. that that's one of the elements of being a ninja and, and one of the key things that I think Productive Australia do. I'm still surprised when I work with clients and they've got these inboxes that have like 10,000 or more emails in there. I, I, I don't know how they, yeah, they organize. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, it yeah. happens. <laughs> What's the biggest inbox you reckon you've seen full since you've been doing this? Sorry, could What's you say that again? What's the most amount of emails you've come across in the inbox? I'm just interested. 37,000. How many was that? Sorry, Matt, we had a little drop out there. 137,000. 137,000. Wow. That's impressive, isn't it? But when you, we get an average, I think the average number now is up around two, 200 emails yep. a day we get. So if you, if you multiply that out by, say, 25 working days a year, that's what are we up to there? Can't do the maths on that. We get about 5,000 emails yep, a month yep. or something like that. So 5,000 emails a month. So it's about 60,000 emails a year that we're receiving. So if you are just leaving mm. them all in your inbox and delet deleting nothing, you can get there in a couple yeah, of pretty years. Easy. A particular guy had worked in the same job for, for about seven years, I think. So it's just been slowly building up. So... Going back four years, obviously, you just mentioned the um, inbox to zero, but what's a, cup, what's a really simple tip that you picked up that you're actually still doing today? 
Yeah, it's um, starting your day with a really clear list of priorities for the day. Mm. So, and, and the way that we recommend people do that is grab a post-it note, put five things on that post-it note that are kind of like their, their priorities or their big rocks or their must-dos for today and only five things. So, and the reason for putting it on a post-it rather than flagging it in Outlook tasks or, or starring it in another system that you might have is the post-it note kind of sits there on your desk and it's separate to everything else that's going on. So it, like, it keeps reminding you all day, these are my five things. And it's, it's so simple and it's so powerful. Yeah, great, great. And, and I'll be honest, I was doing that for a little while because I um, read the book and, and experienced a couple of your programs, but that's a habit that I must admit I've slipped off. So thanks for that reminder because um, I know that when I think about those frogs that I want to eat up front or those big rocks and yeah. it gets the energy going, doesn't gets the momentum for the day as well. It gets the momentum and at the end of the day, you can look back at it and see what you've done, which gives you that feeling of fulfillment. And in the setup, choosing the five things, thinking and boss thinking, and think like you're the boss of you. Mm. If I was the boss of me, what would I decide to do today? If I was of me, what would be the five most important different way of thinking than when you're sitting there in the worker mode? So it's this boss worker mindset. When you're in the worker mindset, you're automatically feeling a little bit stressed, overwhelmed, there's too much going on, already kind of in this spinning of mindsets. And it's very easy to just stop and go, okay, park that for three minutes. doesn't take long. Just park three minutes. Now I'm the boss. It's a very, it's a very empowering thought and it's very simple. So I've just uh, got back from uh, A-Fest in Bali, which, uh, again, was a, an awesome program, awesome event, and... Again, experienced a couple of those reminders around our daily habits to kick off the day and how important they are. I love that one there around what are your top five things you need to do today. Um, again, what I was – and you and I actually talked a while back about um, what's the first drink you have on the day. And I remember I was in that practice for a while. The first thing was coffee, and now I've changed that some time ago to hot water and lemon or a, a, a herbal tea, and that's a different habit. The other one that I've recently picked up from AFEST is just getting out of bed and getting some of that first morning sunlight uh, on my face and on my body to start the day and, um, and energizing myself that way and how good that feels. Um, besides your top five, what are some other tips that you love to share that, you know, set you up for success each day? Um, yeah, start well in terms of, is, is a really important one, as you just touched on there. And in terms of work, it's starting with a clear space to work, a clean space to work. Not necessarily clean, like I don't get out the, the, the spray every morning <laughs> and clean the desk, but a clear space to work. There's, there's experiences where I've sat at my desk and it's covered in, in stuff from the day before. And it, if I sit there all day like that, it's... It's just it just like fries the brain a little bit more every half hour that you're surrounded by this mess. So yeah, clearing the deck to start with is a really good one. Yeah, and some movement. Whether that movement is 
um, you know, some stretches or a walk. Um, I've got a dog, so the dog's great. It, she gets me out walking every morning. A gentle walk, so it's not like I'm out doing extreme exercise, but just getting, getting the blood pumping, getting the body moving. So, yeah, really good way to start the day. Yeah, I, I actually, and you mentioned about working, and I think, tell me if I got this wrong, but I think you, one of your things I heard you say in the past was um, your emails are other people's priorities, not your priorities, and yeah. not checking your emails first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Trying to not even turn on your phone morning. I mean, I know that's, that's hard for a lot of people, but as soon as we look at our emails, we're in work mode and yeah. we don't even get that that quiet time to be with ourselves or be with our family. And can wait. they really can wait. That's why they're emails. They're, they're not phone calls. They, they can wait. And there's a practice isn't I've heard. Um, and again, one of your tips I'm sure was only checking your emails certain times of the day. Is that right? Yeah. Only checking your emails or, or checking your emails less often than, we probably normally would throughout the day. And, and it, it's different for every person. So I totally understand that in, in corporate life, a lot of businesses are still using email as a relatively quick response communication tool. So unfortunately, in, in businesses that haven't really changed that culture, people are still needing to look at their emails. I still challenge people to say once an hour is probably enough. Um, in other mm. businesses where they've done some work potentially with us or with other, you know, thinking processes where they're not using email as an instant response tool, probably three times a day is enough. Like do the emails in the morning, do your emails after lunch, do your emails before you go home. So, you know, that's, that's really the best way to do that. And turn Outlook if, or whatever email system you're using, see if it's got an offline mode. So in Outlook you can work offline, which means... You can still be using Outlook, for example, but not have the emails coming in distracting you because often we need to go and look at our emails because there's information in there or we want responding to emails. So we can still be working on our emails between those three time slots or between those hourly, hourly times of processing our emails. But if we turn it offline, that saves the distraction. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I understand. Um, I, it's funny, I was with a client um, a couple of weeks ago and one of the guys in his workshop, he said, I just still get so frustrated that people email me. Why can't they get out of their seat and come and talk to me? We're yeah. in the same building on the same floor. Um, do you hear that sometimes as well, that, that over-reliance on emails and, and people losing the, the face-to-face conversation? Yeah, of course. And the face-to-face interaction is much more efficient Mm. Um, there's a good, there's a good conversation that we have with people around that. And I always have this in, in workshops around talking about emails and distractions. A lot of people say, well, I like to email people because then I'm not distracting them because if they're in the middle of something and I walk up to their desk, I'm distracting them from what they're doing. And that's, that's a fair enough thought. Um, and sometimes that, that's a good way to think about it, but normally a conversation can be more efficient than the distraction that will be caused by the four emails that you end up sending to each other. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a valid thought. It does depend on what's required. Um, but we're normally better off just we're in workplaces to, to work with other people. So we do have a recommendation for people to find time to not be distracted. And, and this can be through what we call a power hour yep. where people 
might put up a sign and say, please do not disturb until 2 p.m. And they do this from, you know, 1 to 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. or something and, and have this power hour or some people have a flag on their desk that they put up that signifies to the team around them that do not disturb. And this sounds a bit weird, but if you've had the conversation with the team, if everyone around you knows what's going on, they'll respect it and, and appreciate it and probably start doing it themselves. So creating these moments, there's a ninja productivity ninja characteristic called stealth and camouflage, which is finding these moments to effectively hide, even if you're still at your desk, but hide from all the distraction. And outside those times, be contactable, like be a that's really what work is all about for so many people. Yeah, I, I love that the power hour. I think that's a, a fantastic idea and I think um, it sets up a culture of respect between each people and respecting that people need that that time where they can do that deep thinking and then um, other times when they're more available. Um, and I, I think just back on the point about the face-to-face conversation, I think it's important that people don't lose the not just the content that they want to talk about but the context and providing that context, if we're going to talk about something that here's the priority or here's why I want to talk to you about it or here's the, the thing that's going on right now as opposed to just blindly and maybe even um, not consciously communicating about, you know, what we want to talk about. Um, and I think that plus the, you know, the knowing how people actually want to be communicated, some people prefer email, some prefer face-to-face and I think it's all about knowing each other in the team, isn't it? It is about knowing each other, knowing each other's preferences. Also knowing where, where people are at is really important. And I think this is the kind of work you do in a lot of your work is helping people understand where they're at in terms of their feelings and their emotional intelligence. And you know, even if you can have a daily check-in with your team to find out how people are feeling today can help. And just knowing where people are at can really help you know how to, how to approach them as well. If someone's really overwhelmed with a certain project at the moment, let's be conscious and not ask them to do more for us or, or that kind of thing. I was listening, um, I think it was Seth Godin about one of the businesses he worked in where if, if you were on a critical project, you wore a green badge that signified that you were on a critical project. Yeah. And that was kind of, so people kind of knew, don't stress this person out anymore. They're on a critical project that needs to be delivered. And what was interesting, the people with green badges actually had a bit more power in terms of asking those around them for help as well. They were, they were kind of given the, the permission to ask for help, which I think was really, really great. And it, so that's all about just knowing what's going on in people's worlds, both professionally and personally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, that sounds like just such a simple system that can be so powerful, um, which, you know, the, as you've touched on already, there's so many of the the characteristics of being a productivity ninja, which are just some simple strategies to just make life easier. And I love that green badge as well. So mm. going back to the start, you mentioned about, you know, starting your own business um, and you sort of, you said that could be a story in itself. I guess I'm just thinking about um, what that's like. So anyone that might be listening uh, to the podcast about, hey, I've been in a corporate job for some time and I'm thinking about doing my own thing. Um, what's it been like for you? What's been the best thing, do you reckon, of that making that transition? Yeah, so I, I probably think I, well, it's been, now that I'm through four years of it, I can look 
I'm really pleased that I've done it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was tough in the early days. Like when I, when I started Think Productive, I had some savings and I had some buffer because obviously when you're starting a business from zero, it's a, it's a big change in income right up mm. front. So it's very important to make sure you've got that some buffer there to get you through the, the lean times. I've, I've heard the story when you're planning, particularly a house renovation, that you should expect it to cost twice as much and take twice as long. Yep. So this sounds a little bit doomsday, but I, I'm a natural optimist. So I, I sort of think to myself, if I think something's going to take a certain amount of time, I probably should double it um, and not be, t- not be overly optimistic. So that's, that's the importance of having some you know, risk assessment in there. So, but the interesting thing is if I hadn't fully committed myself to my dream, I guess, of starting Think Productive and, and making a success out of it, I don't think it would have happened because it really does take a lot of effort. So there were times through the journey and I did a few little jobs on the side in the last four years just to bring in some extra only short-term things um, just to bring in a little bit of extra income on the way through. So I think you've got to make the choice and, and go after it 100% or at least 90%, so maybe, maybe 10% to bring in a bit of income on the side. Yeah, uh, and uh, you and I both started our businesses about the same time and I know that part of or a key part of my success is the mindset or the attitude of um, what's out there and that abundance mindset versus the scarcity and, and there's nothing there because that'll create the opportunities. And um, I've had my ups and downs at different times, uh, the same as you. And now that if I come back to what, how am I thinking, feeling, and how am I putting in place those practices, um, it changes the opportunities that that happen and, um, and how the business grows actually. So, um, would you go back to a corporate job now? That's a controversial question. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if anyone out there wants to offer me an amazing corporate <laughs> role, potentially, I'd, I'd go back to it with a very different mindset to what I used to have, I think. Um, But I absolutely, let's just say I absolutely love what I'm doing in terms of running my own business. I'm starting to build a team within the business as well. And and that's a really important part of uh, making business more enjoyable and more fulfilling is having more people involved. Doing it as a solo, solopreneur or a solo operator is, is really is quite lonely. And it's nice to have other people around that will share, share. Like my wife is involved in the business a little bit but she also runs her own business and is caught up in that so she doesn't get as motivated and fulfilled in in my journey as other people in the team of think productive will so and you can't really expect your partner to if if they're also very focused on their own business which is a, a separate business so yeah it's important to build that team around you that will will share your success and and your pain and and or your your, your downtimes as well. And it was really important for me having, having friends and, and contacts and you were definitely one of these people to sort of keep me on track, um, keep me accountable to hitting some of my quarterly or annual goals through the business as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've loved the success that Think Productive Australia is happening and, and the amount of people's lives you're impacting, as you said, not just Australia but New Zealand and the team that's growing around the, the country um, 
And while we've touched a little bit about emails, you guys do a lot more than that, don't you? What we do is around stress management and and planning your day, communication. Uh, We've got a workshop on meetings. There's a whole range of different workshops and it all, and we do one-on-one coaching and it all encompasses the concept of the way I like to think about it and the, the mission of, of Think Productive Australia New Zealand is to help Aussies and Kiwis love their work and their life. Uh, so the, the, the whole point of it is to enjoy what you're doing. Yes, you know, I, we get, I get fulfilment out of helping businesses achieve better profits, better results, better sales. But, but the thing that really, really fires me up is helping people actually enjoy the journey more because work's, work's a, a tough, tough gig for many people and they're struggling. So the more we can help people get through that and enjoy what they're doing, the better. Yeah, I, I throw it out there. Um, often my workshops about TGIM and they all look at me with a funny, puzzled look on the <laughs> face and I said, yeah, thank God it's Monday. And I yeah. had some weird responses and told people told me to, you know, you're living in daydream land, but I <laughs> and sworn at and everything else. But I think in, in essence, it's what you and I are passionate about, isn't it? That people do love going to work and not dreading or wishing away five days a week of their life. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because yes, there's an impact on not just them and their work life, but their whole life, the whole person, because then the stress that they're taking home to the family or the friends and the health and everything else. So, um, yeah. and I know the tools that you guys um, share uh, help people start to look at their work differently and some, as you said, at the start, practical strategies to do that. Um, so, mate, what's, what's next for um, productivity? Is it more of the same? Um, what do you reckon the impact is going to be of technology? Um, going to be doing something different in 10 years? What do you reckon? Well, artificial intelligence is certainly going to start to do more for us. Uh, already we can see our, you know, email systems already starting to automatically make decisions for us on these emails or some emails or promotional emails like the way Gmail or Google helps with this kind of process. So just in the um, last couple of weeks, I've been, you know, because I use Gmail for my business emails yeah. and I'm typing an email, a few words, and then there's about three or four words in light grey text that is a suggestion for the rest of that sentence. Yeah. And I don't recall that <laughs> being announced that it was coming. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. Um, but my first reaction was, you know, shit, how does it know what I'm thinking? Yeah. And is this AI, is this just based on, I don't know, it, it's an analyzed email. And then my other next reaction was, is this helpful or not? Like I went through a whole process with it. Yeah. Um, wh- yeah. So what do you think? And it's pretty good, isn't it? Book. Yeah, it is. It's pretty accurate. I've been quite surprised with that as well. How does it know what I'm thinking? Yeah. <laughs> so, so there'll be more and more of this. Um, there's more and more automated systems now um, for booking meetings in our calendars and so technology will help in, in many ways like this, but it's certainly not going to replace the human element. You've said to me before and quite rightly that people do business with people. Mm. You know, so, so when it comes to business, it's about, it is about products and technology. So the, the, the human aspect is really important. Technology is also making our life harder. 
systems. There's more ways to communicate. So we need to be very careful of taking back control over these systems a little bit as well and, and choosing how we use them are, are feeling very swamped because we keep adding more systems day and it's just, it's, if we're not careful, it just starts to create more work. So yeah. the little saying that we, we use at Think Productive is psychology before technology, which is really if, you, if you're going to add a new system or start using a new tool, do the thinking first. So psychology before technology, like how is this going to help? For is it going to replace another system? Or is it going to be a double up? These kind of yeah. thoughts. I like that a lot. Psychology before technology. That's um, that's awesome. I, I actually like too what you're sort of saying is: Are we just adding more, or could we actually take out something? Yeah. Like um, I've got clients that use Cisco Spark. I've got another client that uses Slack. People using Yammer, and then there's Facebook for business, and then there's instant messaging, and then there's email, and then there's blah 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 and there's the groups on LinkedIn so it's like yeah how many of these do we need yeah yeah and it before we will need quite a few of them like I or I took Instagram off my phone the other day and then there was something I needed which I think someone had done a post on Instagram or something and I wanted to read it and I could only access it on Instagram but I, I became aware of it in one of their emails or something. But anyway, the content was only on Instagram. So I had, to, I had to put Instagram on my phone again. And I think that the key thing is we, to stay connected with friends, family, colleagues, business, we, we just need to be good at using them, which may be thinking about having a, a use them. Like I took Facebook because it was too distracting and I was looking at it too much. It's now just on the computer. And I just look at it normally a couple of times a day, but it's amazing how much less I use it because it's not on my phone. And this is it's like any habit or any process in our life, just being aware if something's getting, getting on top of us and then coming up with a new way of dealing with it. Yeah. And I, I um, can't remember who said it, but it was about, are we using the tools or are the tools using us? So yeah. Yeah, coming back to it's it's a tool, and let's us still be in control about that, and and stop chasing the red dot. So yeah. those red yeah. dots and notifications, and you go, oh, what's that one? What's that one? Who's liked my post? What is that all about? That's and it. I slip into the red dot fever like a cat chasing the red dot on the floor. But you know, it's like yeah. the apps on your screen, and I've got to hang on. That's just feeding this, you know, that addiction to those endorphins being released when you see something. So. Yeah, I actually um, get caught up sometimes. You're, you're on Instagram or Twitter and go, oh, I'm just going to keep scrolling. And then next minute you go, five minutes. What have I been doing for five minutes? That didn't, yeah. that wasn't productive. Yeah. Yeah. And it can um, so easily be much longer than five minutes as well. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> for me too. You're I've right. got, to, I also have to, no one's perfect. And we get caught in this. I had someone call it zombie scrolling the other day. And it really is zombie thing. We're just in this state of mindless flicking. Now I, I haven't. Yeah. The other thing I haven't tried yet, but I, I heard someone recently saying you can when the whole thing's in sort of grayscale or black and white. Yes. Which I haven't. I haven't looked into actually how to do it yet. I'm sure it's just in the settings somewhere. But apparently, when you do that, 
it really takes away the addictiveness of it because it's all the pretty colours that, that actually make it so appealing to us. I like that. I might give that a try. Mm. So my nine-year-old son did it just to annoy me when he sort of does a <laughs> – he, he pranked my phone. So it's in the right. setting somewhere on, the, on my iPhone. So I might check with him how he did it and I might give it a try yeah. and get back to you on that. So yeah, that's a good idea. Mm. I like that. Um, so I also want to check in if people want to – connect with Think Productive Australia and they want to find out more, um, where's the best place to do that? Oh, probably the best starting place is to have a look at the website, which is Think Productive, so T-H-I-N-K, thinkproductive.com.au. Um, they can always email me, I'm Matt, M-A-T-T, at thinkproductive.com.au. They're probably the easiest ways to... Um, to start a conversation, yeah. I mean, there's, as with all things, there's many ways to connect, but that's the best starting point. Yeah, and your workshops that you do, they're not just for corporate. You also at times put on public workshops, don't you? We do put on public ones occasionally, probably once every three months or so, in, normally in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne. Yeah, great. And Perth now, as I understand, you've got someone over there. Is that right? Uh, we can work based in Perth at the moment. Currently got people like trainers based in Brisbane, Newcastle, Sydney and Melbourne. Yep. But um yeah. Yeah, great, great. Okay. Now Matt, this is the Inspired Energy podcast and um I'm gonna put you on the spot. It's something which I've been passionate about for a long time and this that feeling you get. I would love to know what's your description of inspired energy. Interesting. That is putting me on the spot. Well, inspire is to inhale, is to breathe in. So um, I would like to say inspired energy, the energy that comes from, from, from life. If you, you know, the, the natural breath, the energy that comes from taking time to stop and connect because we're, the magic is here, the magic is now in all the time. So the inspiration or the inhalation is um yeah is definitely something that gives us energy so i would say way of getting there but i would say it's about being present and that's where the energy will come just slowing down and and noticing noticing everything to the flowers to the blue sky so yeah, yeah. awesome um thank you um thanks for your time today i feel like we've um had a tip filled conversation for anyone listening to the podcast with just some simple practical strategies um, and insight into what it means to be a productivity ninja you've tapped into a couple of those and on the think productive website i know you've got a lot more information as well um, and also uh, we were chatting recently i know you've got a promotion for december so any workshops booked in december 25 percent off that's correct um, yeah so- any any workshops running in december yeah so that, that's great for anyone that's looking for a way to finish the year on a high, um, get their team together um, and set them up for success in 2019 and um, understand more about um, being a productivity ninja and achieving more with less stress. So um, go to the website, check that out. Um, really enjoyed our chat today. I've still got the uh, post-surgery funny voice, so I hope everyone could hear me okay today. Um, but Matt, thanks so much for your time. Um, it's been awesome to chat. Really love 
um, what you are doing out there for people on a, not just a professional level, but a personal level, um, the, you know, thousands of people you're impacting with um, the tools and practical strategies to be a ninja. So um, great chatting and uh, so much thanks for your time. Great. Thanks, Murray. And I really appreciate your support over the last few years, holding me accountable as I've been growing the business and um, the many wonderful conversations we've had and keep up the great work with Inspire My Business and this Inspired Energy podcast. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Awesome. Um, I'll put links in the uh, um, with the podcast to check out Think Productive. And if anyone's got any comments um, or any tips, you know, please share them on social media platforms like Instagram or Twitter. And um, if you want to be on the Inspired Energy podcast, please send me a message at inspiremybusiness.com. And um, Matt, uh, have an awesome rest of the day. Thanks for your time. Thank you. You thanks, too. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.